3: And then my mind was kind of like, you know, the head in the fishbowl.
1: But it takes me into the bathroom and says, "This is how you brush your teeth: brush, rinse, repeat. Brush,
3: rinse, repeat. Brush, rinse, repeat." But he was two girls, and it was like he'll have to give us a ride. He can't fill us though. He can't refuse. He'll let us in his car. Thoughts were all alone in this empty void. You know, the head in the fishbowl. This doesn't Got close enough where he said he could see, you know, their eyes and, and how intelligent they seem. This doesn't look right. These remnant-type
4: creatures, this doesn't look right. No pupils, no iris, three
0: fingers, three long fingers. And this is when the mental torture... And then, and then it was eerily quiet. Hey guys, welcome to Conspiranormal. Uh, this is going to be an interesting show for us rob because i don't really know what to expect <laughs> we have jeff coming in later your old compadre from the leisure hour yes we do He used to sit in with us like at least at the beginning of this year and some last year he would sit in with us and i don't know what he's going to ask or what the topics are he said he wanted to talk about world war ii which is a pretty wide subject so we will see um
4: we're kind of winging it tonight. Yeah, to we are extent. kind of winging
0: it. This is going to kind of be like, I guess, our second romper room show. I suppose I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen here, but uh, I do know that uh, I have some people on the line that are very near and close to me, and they have something that they want to put out there to the conspiratorial. Listening to Conspiranormal listeners, the listening audience, so to speak. Uh, you sounded just, real just,
4: fancy there for a second.
0: Uh, very fancy, yes, sir. Uh, Jason Von Stein, who is hey, my hello. who is my cousin, and his father Jim Von Stein, who is my uncle. It, or, it it normally works like that in family relationships, as I <laughs> as I kind of understand.
5: Uh, <laughs> We're in Tennessee.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true.
4: I wasn't going to make that joke. I'm
0: glad you did. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I wouldn't sleep.
0: <laughs> where are you guys? Are you in Atlanta or are you in Chattanooga right now?
5: We're, we're in Atlanta
0: right now. Okay. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you.
2: At our place, hanging out. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, Jason, I'm going to turn it over to you because you have done a Kickstarter and I understand that you have met your goal, but we are here to try to get you a little bit further along the line there. Uh, tell us what this is all about and what you're trying to accomplish.
2: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. I have hit one of the goals. Uh, the project is the Jim Von Stein 5,000 Song Project. My father in his whole life, 64 years, he's written over 5,000 songs and probably more than that. Wow. In our household pieces of paper – you can't just throw them away because there's some sort of melody on them or something like that. Um, so in his lifetime, he's written 5,000 songs, and in his lifetime, he's tried, you know, like a lot of people, to release a few CDs and you know get something going, but it never really panned out. Um, so what I've been doing is I've actually the last couple of years have been playing his songs out uh, at open mics, and uh, I've learned that you know I've I've been lucky. I've been an actor for a long time and a wrestling manager, and you know I've, I've done a lot of different cool things in my life. But playing the songs out, um, it, it's just thrilling because I'm telling my family stories, you know, these are my dad's songs and people really like him and it doesn't matter about, uh, you know, race or age or sex, you know, people of all kinds come up to me and tell me different positive things. Um, so in the course of my dad's lifetime, he's, you know, made a few CDs, but he's never had a chance to make a music video. So that's what this is about. What I've done is I've selected uh, 30 of his songs. and. Wow. The Kickstarter's thirty days, so what I'm going to do is every day I'm going to upload a new track, and I wanted to make the music video for a thousand dollars because I wanted to show people that if you're creative, you can work around, you know, a big budget. I've done a lot of independent films in my lifetime, and they always required creativity, and I kind of want to show people you can do that. So we've actually hit the pledge goal of a thousand, so that's the first goal, but the overall goal is. The backers are actually, I want the backers to select the song and also the concept for the music video. Uh, I've had a, a bunch of my friends get together and come up with ideas for music videos for my father's songs. I have as well, and even my father has. And we're reaching out. If people have ideas for music videos, please come to the you know Kickstarter, the Jim Bonstein 5000 Song Project, and submit your ideas. Uh, at the end of this, October 17th, uh, the audience Will have picked one of the songs and that's the one we're going to make the music video for so it's really important to continue to come back and keep listening we've already get, financially got what we need but really i need people to listen and we need your vote we need you to you know tell us what song you want to hear and that's the video we're going to make i wanted it i wanted, to, I wanted to, to put it in control of the backers instead of just getting a t-shirt or a hat you know this is something that that you want you vote for it. this is your idea he's got an idea for everything. So the easiest thing is to let the backers choose.
0: Right. Excellent. I, I think that's, I think that's really great that you're doing this. Um, I do too. you know, that, that is something that, uh, you know, I know, you know, growing up around you guys, of course, that, uh, uh, Uncle Jim has uh, been a songwriter for many, many years and has written some really great songs. Uh Jim, how do you feel about all this? What do you think about what's going on, and especially you know, re- uh, reaching a thousand dollars towards this goal? I mean, this is this is really cool.
5: Well, I, I am kind of, you know, I mean, I'm honored that my son is even doing this, but you know, you know, it's it's overwhelming, is what it is, I guess, you know, but it's wonderful though, and it, and you know. There's people out there that want to hear good stories, and I'm hoping that's what they are. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the only reason I write them, is to you know, entertain the people. That way they get their own concept from whatever song it is. you Because know, some of them, you know, I, I've heard people say that they thought the song was about somebody. When in actuality, when I wrote the song, I might have been thinking about it, an animal or something. But each of us Look <laughs> at things differently And I don't tell them that I just let them Hey what they got Is what they got You know Right So, so you let them uh, Actually run their own Imagination during whatever Particular song it is
4: Yeah i felt That was important When you're writing a song too Is because then They become part of the Creative process on the fly You know like I never like to explain What a song is about to anybody If people ask me It's kind of like If it means something to you It means something to you You know
5: Exactly Exactly So so that's the way I look at it, but it's 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 remarkable that it's been back as well as it has, and by friends I must say, and and good people, and uh, but I think we're all got some kind of connection together, you know, and it, it's again, it's overwhelming.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I you guys reached this thousand dollar goal pretty quick because Jason, you put this up, man. Like, when this was uh, the Saturday?
2: 17th. Yeah, yeah. So it's only it's only been up. Okay, it's Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We're recording 17th, this on the twentieth.
2: Um, yeah, I can't believe you know it's it's really taken off. I uh, I feel very very blessed. You know, I'm blessed in a lot of ways you know i grew up listening to you know the Beatles and jim croce and stevie wonder uh but i also grew up listening to jim von stein and there's a lot of good stories there that a lot of people haven't heard and please come and check out the site because you know as much of it is it's a gift to come but i think it's a gift for you too to listen because these songs are really really they're really good
0: yeah, I can I can second that for sure. Uh, Jason, where have you been playing these songs at, man? What's uh what, what are some of the venues and I understand that you uh you did a festival not too long ago. And we'll go ahead and promote yeah, actually, those guys as well.
2: Yeah, Josh Ayers. Uh so interesting story. My dad, he's been writing all his life, so he started getting on Craigslist looking for people to help out, uh, you know, maybe be musicians, collaborate a little bit, and through doing that, he met uh, a gentleman named Josh Ayers, who happened to run uh, a radio show, and he met him years ago, and Josh, uh, man, he's consistent, and he tries a lot of different things, and he's grown from a radio show to now he runs uh, a festival, and uh, we did a festival, me, dad, and our neighbor actually played it a few years back when it was in his backyard. But now it's grown to a whole uh, another place in the United, Tennessee, where they have uh, guests staying the night. They have guest houses. We literally, we showed up, and there was a guy dressed up as a cowboy with cowboy boots and a (laughs) gun and a cowboy hat. I saw that, guy. (laughs) Yeah, took us through a wild west town with a saloon to get to a stage that sounded unbelievable. So Josh has, uh, you know, been promoting this. Uh, We've been talking to him. Actually, it was just on his show the other night. And, uh, yeah, we've been really lucky. Of all the people, Josh couldn't believe the amount of songs Dad had because every week Dad was sending him a new song. So Josh was promoting it. He's done a few shows based around just the music of Jim Vonstein. So he's been just a big friend, a big, uh, you know, if not for him and him giving me an opportunity to go and play with Dad, you know, I wouldn't have the confidence to continue to do it. Um, besides there, I've been playing in Atlanta, I've played in Kennesaw, uh, Marietta, I've played, uh, i played at Eddie's Attic a few times, uh, um, that's in Decatur, um, I've played, uh, Suburban Tap, uh, I try to do as many open mics as I can, whatever's throughout the city, um, it comes with it's good and bad, I've been booed off a few stages,
0: but,
2: you know, <laughs> 90% of the time people are happy, so that's the way it goes.
0: Have you thought about coming up here to Nashville? Because, you know, this is uh, the, this is where all the honky tonks are. Rob can get you to, hooked up. Oh,
2: I would actually. <laughs> I would like to see how dad songs would do there. I put his country music songs up against you know anybody. His country music songs and his songs in general, uh, they're stories. And if people come and listen to them, they'll see. And I think they make perfect music videos because them themselves is a story. And I think that's been lost in country music. There used to be. You know Conway Twitty, that was tearjerkers. You know that era of Patsy Cline, you know, that's the kind of music that made you cry. Mm-hmm. I think country music's kind of turned into, you know, kicking ass and drinking booze and stuff like that. Which you know, there's a place for that, but if people <laughs> listen to these songs. It, really, it's a throwback. You know,
0: are you telling me you don't like Florida Georgia Line? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs>
2: I like everybody. I'm not gonna. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling anybody out. <laughs> I'm not. Going, I already learned enough wrestling. Kurt will call
0: people out. Hey, we need to. Uh, we need to get you to play the halftime show at the Titans game. Rob can hook you up, man. He he was there last week wow. or the week before.
2: I, I, I would absolutely love that.
0: That'd be amazing. Well, <laughs> I, I have. Wow. To, I have to ask since this is a show um, geared towards the paranormal and conspiracy theory and you know this is a slightly different topic than what we're used to are there any songs in the canon that deal with like the supernatural or is something uh, that is related to it?
5: Well uh, in some ways I'm sure I've probably touched on it I couldn't point it out because I don't go through the library or the catalog but you know I'm I'm spurred to write by various things. Something happens, or I say something. I'm dyslexic when they refer to you as the stupid kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so sometimes I say something, and it comes out reversed, and it's something I write a song about. So I never know. There's probably been times where I've been. A, I've never seen a paranormal, but I mean, but I I, I see TV and and it inspires me too, or. Sure. So I may have written something like that. I like using the word ghost a lot in some of my songs.
0: Well, there you go. Here you go. You
2: know. The song I actually uploaded today uh, is called Ghost of Time in honor of being on the podcast. Um, but the reference is more about, you know, a lost memory, I suppose. Yeah, exactly.
5: I use it in that kind of way, not like a ghost, actually, you know. but He does write a lot about angels.
0: Yeah. And I will actually play that at the end of this podcast uh for the end of this show tonight, so um, yeah, everybody will will get to hear we'll get to hear some of that music. Um, are, are there any are are what uh, do you some do you have any ideas for like uh, w- what kind of ideas do you have for the videos, Jason? Like what's some of your ideas?
2: Um, yeah, I can uh, tell you now. Like for instance, Ghost of Time, uh, the video for that, that idea, it sounded when I first heard it, it sounded to me like a train. Like going, so I kind of uh, wrote that in mind. I, I have an idea uh, about a gentleman who is on the back of a train and he's just looking lost. Um, and it shows a series of flashbacks of him having happy times with a, a wife and a child, and then it goes back to him on the train and he's lost again. And then it shows another flashback and it's uh, it's a hurricane, and then it goes back to him and he's just lost on the train. Um, so unfortunately it's a little, you know, relevant at this time. I hate that, but, uh, you know, ideas like that, I, you know, with it being a thousand dollar budget, you, I really got to think, uh, you know, I can't have helicopters and machine guns and you know, that's just not going to work. You're,
0: so you're not you going to go for a Michael Bay bad walk on these. I'm, you know what? If we
2: can share this to Michael not Bay, out out of, you know, seven Ninja Turtles, but yeah, that'll be a video too. You know. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I got to think with that in mind. So I, so I was lucky enough last year. I did, I directed a couple music videos, and both of them were a thousand dollars. And the first one I made was very elaborate about a woman going on a date with an elephant, oh. and, and uh, I did make it under a thousand, but it was, you know, it, it was close. Awesome. Um, the second one was more poignant. It was about uh, two homeless guys, and they find a bag of money, and they start fighting each other for the bag of money. And as they're doing that, the money flies off in the distance, and then. They realized the unimportance of that um, when it comes together, and you know that was a shoestring budget as well. I think if you have good actors and you get a good song, especially with dad songs, the stories tell themselves. So I just need uh, really good actors and good locations, and you know I'm lucky. I've already got a group of people that have uh, helped out on the previous videos and are going to help out on this one, and you know I've learned a lot of things from a, you know a lot of videos about mistakes and what not to do. So I'm excited to see what people choose and, you know, getting the challenge of bringing that together.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I, I think this is great. What you do. doing, Jason, I mean, this is a good, um, a good tribute to your dad and, and the songs that he has, that he has written. Um, but tell everybody before we leave again, where they can find this. And I will actually, I will also, also have this on the, show notes as well if anybody wants to uh... check it out uh... check out the video that you've put up for it and also uh... donate as well so tell everybody where they can find this.
2: Yeah, on kickstarter if you go to the jim vonstein five thousand song project uh, we're actually currently the number one search for music videos on kickstarter so that's another blessing Um, and while i'll I'll talk about this i'll say there's a couple of cool pledges um, for $50, uh, I'll do a, a concert for you, a Skype concert, or in person if you can make it to Atlanta. And there's a few left, but for $100, my dad will actually write a personalized song for you. So if oh, you've wow. got an idea for a song that you want to get down, um, six people have uh, accepted that. He's already written four, so that just tells you how prolific and talented he really is. Uh, but again, on Kickstarter, the Jim Vonstein 5000 Song Project.
0: Well, thank you, Jason, and thank you, Jim, for coming on and being a part of this tonight. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the final product.
5: Well, thank
2: you
0: for
5: having both of us. Yeah, thank you again, and uh, yeah, thank you for squeezing us on. That's
2: yeah, great. Really? yeah,
0: absolutely, for <laughs> sure.
5: You probably wouldn't even know us if we weren't
0: in a family. <laughs> <laughs> but I would want to know you. That's that's the that's the good part. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah,
5: yeah. Well, we think the same way too. I mean, it
0: was meant to be. Like I'll be your Huckleberry, Adam. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, guys, we're gonna uh, we're now gonna go to uh, where I do not really know what to expect, but Mr. Jeff, if he ever shows up, if he's not at Home Depot or whatever, so uh, <laughs> if guys, not, we're winging it anyway.
5: Gentleman. <laughs> I was going to say thank you to the other gentleman
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, you can say thank you to Luke. I mean, well, he's not here, but, you know. <laughs> we'll we'll never... pass
4: the word on. <laughs> yeah, we'll pass okay. the word on. <laughs> yeah, leave us a thank you note.
0: <laughs> absolutely, you guys. Of... Stay on the line for us, and we're going to close out the section, and we'll be back with uh, Mr. Heim on Conspiracy Normal. <laughs>
1: You ready? Oh. Welcome to Conspira Normal. <laughs> Today I'm your guest co host, Jeff, and uh, I'm here with the Robster, and I'm here with the Adamster. Robberito. <laughs> <Robarino>? Robberino. <laughs> well, I'm sure they were like, I don't know who Robberino is. But anyway, um, yeah, we're here. We're enjoying a fine cigar. A Rocky Patel, nineteen ninety. We are. They're yeah. going to sponsor us one day.
0: Indeed. Yes, we which to I love these. We need, need to find some these. cigar sponsors, man.
1: Yeah, we all do, babe. <laughs> Um, But yes, this and it's a fine. It's uh, it's great. It's got a good body. It's woodsy, but it's also chocolatey. Excellent. Very nice. I'd like to hear some uh, some
0: cash, like some money, like a cash. Machine, sounds, you know, like that would be nice.
4: I don't even want money at this point. I would do the show for free scotch and cigars. <laughs> I'm not lying, that's why I would do like 90% of anything. Well, I don't
0: know about you, but uh, I would uh, I'd like some money out of it for sure. Uh, you know what I mean?
1: Can I, can I just start off on like a weird note? Mm-hmm. I cigars. I love them so much and I will smoke one every day and all that and I truly look forward to that time that I have with them and that kind of thing. And it's funny how like like most of the people that smoke cigars are absolute like wretched people. You know, I know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do know what you mean because I'll read I'll be on
4: like I'll be researching like what I'm gonna buy next and like I read these reviews and they're like well, this cigar is okay when I'm at the golf club, but uh, it's, it's, I'm like...
1: Yeah, it's just horrible, like terrible Republicans. Nothing, nothing against people like that, that <laughs> golf. But, like. Uh-oh, there go some listeners. <laughs> well, they need to know. that You're terrible. Um, but yeah, such, a, such an elitist.
0: Look at um, that uh, elitist email
1: well, again. Well, I'll give you a prime example. I get, you know, if you buy a cigar, they're going to send you a subscription to a Cigar Aficionado. Right. And which is, you know, it's okay, magazine. It well, is know, what it is. Pictures but, of
0: Rush Limbaugh, right? Because he loves cigars. That's who I
1: was going to talk about. <laughs> I, there'll be at the back, there'll be a. We were at this uh, celebrity gala, and it'll be Rush Limbaugh there, that horrible, disgusting, like, turd of a man. There go some more listeners. And he's like, just he's done nothing like good for humanity at all. He just, like, fuels hate. What is that thing that he He does
0: mega dittos, man.
1: Oh, I know, but I how, know. But
0: but how can you avoid that though? Because like the man loves cigars, so I mean, you have somebody that loves cigars and is willing to endorse the cigar company. How can they avoid that? That's oh, the they can. That's the only. But thing. that's
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like it's one of those things that I truly cherish on this earth, and all these horrible <laughs> people do it. <laughs> but the um, I, uh, yeah. So, oh well. Anyway, I also love trucks a lot, but and like the worst people love trucks. You know what I mean? It's uh, what is Rush Limbaugh's thing about? I had a point to that. He uh, was—is this true or not? Because I don't—I don't follow that. That I don't listen to hat. But um, didn't he say that the hurricane was a sham invented by uh, liberals? I don't know about that. I, this I, is what I, don't I know heard. about that. I mean,
0: I would, I would, I would suffice to say this is a Twitter say, thing that I, I heard. would guess that Rush Limbaugh from listening to because honestly, like Rush Limbaugh kind of bores me, but like I do listen to some of the other talk radio because you can't avoid it. Yeah. Especially here in Nashville. Well, he's
1: just, he's such a horrible, wretched human but being. But I would say he doesn't believe in climate change in any, in and any, and all of the, the, the whole like, you know, all these people that are sort of anti-establishment just make these people feel, they make them feel stupid. So Rush kind of gives them that like, well, what about this? And he just, he just like, he just elevates that hate. And, um,
0: I I remember, I remember listening to him one time, man, this was like probably early, like late nineties, early two thousands. And he comes on and he says, uh, he says something like, Well, we're going to run a best of while I'm out of town. Like, well, actually, it's all a best of, but, you know, it's just like, so snobbish, you know, and just like uh, it, everything is quality, quality all the time.
1: Yes. I, he, I heard him one time. I know very little about him other than all of the like terrible stuff that he does. And he was on Jay Leno. And trying to tell Jay Leno about the car industry, which is like, don't, don't don't even go there. The guy
4: has the nicest private collection I've ever seen. But the
1: guy knows everything about yeah. cars and motorcycles. He's got a museum to <laughs> <I> cars. <know. laughs> and uh, yeah, of course, Rush Limbaugh goes on there with his little like, well, these liberals are destroying our industry and, and it was he totally it just destroyed him within seconds. So, anyway, um, enough about that. Let's, well, I uh, could
0: address the hurricane thing, I think. Okay, please. That there are people out there that do believe that the hurricane was uh, engineered by, what is it, Harp? Yes. Yeah, like I've the, not the heard The weather this. modification. Yeah, there were a lot of people talking about that. I was down in Atlanta when uh, Harvey was rolling through, or had just rolled through, and they were talking about how... Uh, one of the local radio stations. So this this girl seemed like that was on. She seemed like she was kinda like uh, big into conspiracy stuff. It was actually interesting to kinda hear that on a main stream radio station, albeit like on a Sunday though, when nobody's really listening. But people were talking about how the hurricane was if not made, then it was guided to hit to hit Houston and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you, you get that, you get that a lot. Anytime that there's like all these hurricanes and this happens from time to time. It does. in 2004, we we had a lot of hurricanes. Yeah, but we had four, we had four in a row
4: and Irma was the biggest recorded ever in the Mm -hmm,
1: Atlantic.
4: mm -hmm. So, I mean, it does happen, but not to this severity.
1: I I haven't, I had not heard about the weather manipulation.
0: It probably really in general. Have you never heard of that?
1: Not really, yeah. no.
0: Yeah, it's something It's something that's out there in the conspiracy theory world. It's been out there for a long time. People I'm not really
1: in that world, believe it or not. <laughs>
0: HARP is this, it's H-A-A-R-P. I don't remember what exactly it stands for, but it's like this array of satellite dishes that is in Alaska somewhere. And I don't know what exactly it's really used for, but conspiracy theorists out there that say that that's used for weather modification. And usually it's used for weather modification on our own country for some odd reason. Why you want to do it to Russia or so, somebody else doesn't make much sense.
4: It's the yeah. this it's high um,
0: altitude something.
4: It's a high frequency active mm. auroral research program, mm-hmm. and it's an ionospheric research program jointly funded by the U.S. Air Force, Navy, University of Alaska Fairbanks, and Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency DARPA. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: DARPA is another. And
0: this is this <laughs> is a real thing. It, 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 it was
4: established in 1993, and it, it's I don't know what it, its uh, its purpose is to analyze the ionosphere and investigate potential developing ionospheric enhancement technology for radio communications and surveillance. Um,
0: or so they say. Or so
4: they say. But there's the the, the big thing that um, in the conspiracy theory world is that it's a, a weather modification program, simpler, uh, similar to like cloud busting or cloud seeding, that kind of thing, where you right. can influence weather... Existing weather patterns and use them to your advantage, kind of a thing. Right. Which, if that kind of thing is possible, that would be, you know, I mean, worth researching. I'm sure our government has looked into it, whether or not that's and it's it's what can, harp is. I don't know.
0: It, it's apparently
1: controlled by the Illuminati to destroy
0: America. <laughs> that's well, I mean, that's an that, actual. Where, are thing. you
1: reading? Are you like making this up? Or are you no, joking people around? Believe,
0: people believe this.
1: See, i, don't I, know I, I if I'm, he's... I'm quasi, I'm
0: quasi- <laughs> joking, but people do believe that. That's a real you thing know, that people believe. The thing believe. is, is like weather modification and stuff has been talked about in some military. Uh, well, and that's, what, and that's what that's what, and what I'm stuff saying. Like it, that. it would there, be a powerful advantage. And we have
4: done it. we have done cloud seeding programs and other things like that to mm-hmm. to enhance things that are already there and, cause, and extra, cause extra rains rainfall in certain areas or things like that. We don't we forget do Wilhelm stuff. Reich. Yeah, but,
1: well, that's that would make if you. I mean,
4: the theory is though, if you could trigger like. Seismic activity like earthquakes or tsunamis in like strategic areas where there's already a potential for that using satellites and radio frequencies.
1: Yeah. I think that that's totally possible, actually. Right. And and,
4: and, and, and if it's possible, then the government's definitely looking into it. And if they're not saying that that's what Hurricane Irma was, but.
1: Right. I mean, how? I mean, you could take. If you, not knowing the total mechanics of it, you could take that frequency and influence those kinds of things. Well,
0: here's a question for you. All
1: right. So (laughs) just from knowing amps, I I mean, that's totally true. How is it that you take a string and all of a sudden make it so loud that a stadium full of people can hear it? I mean, you know, you're doing the same thing basically.
0: Here's Um, a question for you. Uh, Something to think about. Not saying that I necessarily believe it, but something to think about. If you have this weather modification conspiracy theory, and this is generally a conspiracy theory that is on the right of the political spectrum, what about the whole idea that? What about climate change being almost like a conspiracy theory on the left of the of the political spectrum? Uh, In other words, like wait, we're, we're saying pick that, that apart the hur- for me, we're saying that the hurricanes are caused by weather modification, and then on the left-hand side of the aisle, you have people that are saying climate change is causing all these hurricanes.
4: Here's what I don't understand about that argument, because I don't understand what the left has to gain by saying that people are damaging the environment. Other than to get people elected to, to change that, I don't see what the agenda could possibly be.
0: Right, and that's a good point because you could you could also say that on the other side of the, of the other side about the weather modification. What's the agenda there? Why do that? Yeah,
4: what's the motive? Yeah. Well, military advancement, I would say. Right, but as as far as like oh, um, the whole climate change is just it's it's uh, it's fake. It's just you know it's a, it's a left wing agenda thing. But I don't understand what the agenda is mm-hmm. that people claim there.
0: Right. Well. People would say that, you know, if you look at it now, this is just, this is just like using the climate change or global warming as a way to justify a lesser population or what is it? The, um, oh man, what the, like paying, you pay something to the carbon tax, that kind of thing. That's the that's the that's the justification of using it as a as almost like a left wing conspiracy to say that like okay climate change is real and I, and I personally think it's real I'm just playing devil's advocate for a second whether or not that is something that you would use on the left hand side of the aisle to say okay give us a carbon give us a carbon tax uh, and then you got the whole agenda twenty one about population control. Okay, right, well, a, lo- a lot of, a lo- there's a lot of that out there too. Here's
4: the thing. The world is a system. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, chem- it's a very, very complex chemical system. If we come along and mess that system up, <laughs> there's going to be some consequences. Yeah. I mean, whether they're as dire as people predict or not, I don't know. Cause I'm not a scientist, but scientists seem to think it is. So I,
0: ju- I just think it's interesting. I will say this about the whole hurricane thing. I think it's interesting that you have – because like I said before, 2004, I remember there was a whole bunch of hurricanes. and the 2005, we had um, Hurricane Katrina. And then after that, things kind of died down. And then now this year, we've got all a bunch of hurricanes again back to back. So is there like a cycle here? Because if it was like a climate change thing, we we should be seeing it amping up year after year after year. But we're not. It's like it – It's like dips and troughs,
4: but if you but if over time you're still it is amping. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. it is amping. You're still gonna
4: have quiet times and
1: things are getting hotter and hotter. And uh, well, as a I he was a uh, a cruise line captain that I happen to know, just oddly enough, he uh, he talked about this and he was like. it's, not re- it's, it's something to fear, but it's, it's a change. It's not necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't think of it as Armageddon, but it's a change. So I like his thought of it. We should change towards it. Um, Let absolutely. me ask you a question. You are in the conspiracy world. You monitor it daily, I guess. How, which side has more conspiracy theories? Would that be the conservative side or the Uh, liberal side?
0: That is a really good question. Give me a percentage. I I would, okay. (laughs) I would have to say that it's probably 70% on the conservative side and 30% on the liberal side. Whether those percentages I just gave you mean anything, I don't really know, but that's just how I kind of perceive it. Hmm. I think we still have we still have the conservative people on the conservative side are on the right wing, or have much more conspiracy theories than than left wing. Now there are left wing conspiracy. Interesting. There's a lot of them. I mean, uh, one of them I can remember being. Uh, well, let's take it in like from the maybe the more liberal side or like you know two of which I can think of are like mainly in the African American community. It's two of them. Uh, one would have been Church's chicken putting uh, things in their food to sterilize black people. And the second one would I've never be... Heard that. yeah. That's a real. that was a real conspiracy theory. And there's been variations of that through the years. The second one would probably be also, remember Katrina, since we're talking about hurricanes, the Ku Klux Klan blowing up the levees and George Bush allowing them to do it. Uh, that would be an example of, I think, more of the left wing side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of, especially now with Trump in office, we're seeing a lot more coming out from the from the left than we are the right. But the right is still, I think, still has the uh, still, monopoly on consp- on weird, off the wall conspiracy theories. If th- that's just my opinion.
1: Do you think that uh, do you think that religion sort of influences that more?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Interesting. For sure. Mm. Absolutely.
4: Well, I'd venture to say that like most of the 9/11 stuff that's pretty left wing when you say. Yeah,
0: yes, yes and no. Um, it's uh, to me it started out as maybe like a probably it's like maybe a neutral thing. It's just like we're trying to find the truth. And it kind of did start, but in some ways, maybe on the left side of the aisle, but there were a lot of conservative groups that began to adopt it, um, especially later on. When Bush was in office, it was more of a, I guess, maybe middle of the road, leaning left kind of conspiracy theory. And then once Obama came into office, it became much more of a right conspiracy. So, <laughs> so these the, things, the opposite sh- of whoever these, was in office. Yeah, th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> these these things right. shift over time with the political winds. I think um, that's the problem, and it shouldn't be that way, in my opinion. I think these things should be neutral. Like a lot of what we talked about with uh, Ken Thomas on that show. You know, a lot of the. Um, like the Clinton conspiracy stuff. Well, actually, let me use this as an example. Let me rectify this mistake that I apparently made two shows ago, which <laughs> when, I remember uh, saying give, about it. Bring Bir- me up birther- speed. Birtherism. Obama was born in Kenya. Uh-huh. That's That kind of stuff. That actually started in the Hillary Clinton campaign. Okay. That was a Hillary Clinton, um, what would you say? He was working for the Hillary Clinton campaign in Pennsylvania. And I don't remember the guy's name, but he actually started that as a way to say, because Obama and Hillary were running against each other for the, on the Democrat side. He actually started that as a way to kind of like bring Obama down and make him and make Hillary Clinton seem better because, like, well, he's not even a, a American citizen. Mm-hmm. So that started in that camp. And once Obama, the main general election came around, and then Obama became in office, the birtherism started to go into the right wing because that's where the political, obviously, that's where the that's political where the put it. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's where the advantage is.
1: Well, I and mean, like that's Ken just said, them grasping at straws, just trying to find anything to mm-hmm. knock yeah. him down. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. I, it would seem to me that most conspiracy theories, and correct me if I'm wrong, is basically someone inventing a story to slander the other side. There's a it lot of political gain to it.
0: But it can also be... Uh, it, there also could be real... it could al- also be real justifiable things. Yeah, that- and
4: a lot of it comes from the general population. And if you look at the way our government is supposed to be set up, there's, it's the whole checks and balances system where... The general population, us, we're the last check on, you know, the whole upper branches, basically. If we don't keep an eye on them, if we don't, like, look for things that are kind of fishy and out there and at least try to bring it to light, right? then we're not doing our job either.
1: Well, I... Uh, this kind of gets into my whole thing with it. I, I always hear these like gun nuts always say, well, we're going we're gonna to take it back if they ever... You're not going to do <laughs> any of that. If the government wants you dead, you're going to be dead. You are, there's no defense that you have. The government well, is going to take you down. So, by all means, you know, <laughs> stuck right. up on all your guns, but you're not that, going to fight the government. That's true, and it's gotten to that point, but I think... An we, answer- out, we, overvo- we voted for Hillary Clinton. She won.
0: Yeah, we don't want any updates starting while we're no, recording no the podcast. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Thank right. you. Thank you, Microsoft.
1: Uh, <laughs> we voted for Hillary. She won the vote. We still did not get her. Okay, right. there you is no keeping the government in check. <laughs> this, <laughs> There's none of that happening.
0: Yeah, but we have the electoral college for better or for worse, right? So that's, say, like, that's our system.
1: My, my so, favorite, so that landowners had more of a say.
4: This is this is off off topic a little bit. Have you seen the um? Is he's the former president of Mexico? I can't think of his name. Yeah, he, 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 he keeps releasing these videos, these rants about Trump. Mm. And he always calls him the president of the Electoral College of America instead of
0: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if we if if we had if we had a popular vote system, which honestly, in my mind, why we don't
4: it's uh that would be democratic.
0: Yeah, why we don't, and never? every other, you know, democracy and or representative republic, because people will say, Well, we're not a democracy, we're a represent yeah. Right, I know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, every other re- republic has a has it where you know winner takes all, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of more proportional, but that's more for people that are on the.
1: Well, I don't want to get back. Level. I want to get back to my original point. So, do you think it's do you think it's not important to keep an eye on the government because it's futile, or I if they don't want you to know something, you're not gonna know it. I mean. It's My whole thing is, look at at Bob Corker. I hate that guy. He is horrible. He is the worst. (laughs) Yet, there is nothing I can do about it. He keeps getting reelected. If you look at his track record, he's just awful. He's terrible. He is all about the Republican agenda and trying to take control of the government. But, you know, I keep voting against him and he keeps coming back. Look at Mitch McConnell. That guy is, I mean, he's a joke, but nobody ever has anybody up against him in Kentucky that can beat him. The only thing he cares about is getting reelected, getting reelected. Yeah. And he has, no, I don't know if you guys uh, read the first proposal that they had to replace Obamacare, but it was (laughs) absolutely, uh, it was so bad that... Uh, Even people in their party were like, we can't even sign off on this. I mean, come on, man. And we we stand to make a ton of money off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, keep an eye on them. But there's really, I mean, when you have the system that we have, you're kind of,
4: yeah, it's evolved to a place where we're pretty powerless. But I don't—I yes. can't be apathetic at the same time because then I feel like—I don't
1: mean be apathetic, but this whole like, well, I'm getting my guns and I'm gonna—I'm gonna fight the government. You, no, you're not.
4: No, I... that's and not I, gonna happen. And I'm not—I'm not—I'm not. I'm not, I'm not proposing if you want to do something, but- start
1: lobbying and get elected, and then you can change it. Even though your hands will be tied. Yeah. Run for school board. Yeah, run for school board. Uh, one of my friends <laughs> ran for school board. and lost. <laughs> And it's the same. Our schools, the schools in my district. I know I rant and rave about this all the time. The schools in my district are one and twos, and they're rated on a one to ten scale. So that tells you how bad they are. Mm-hmm. They this guy wanted to come in and change everything, and it, I mean he couldn't do any worse. There at one, but yet the same old guy got reelected. We're back. The schools have not improved. And if you're in Tennessee,
4: lot. vote Chad Ryden.
1: Uh, I don't know him. Chad. Oh, 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 Chad, from for yeah. what?
0: Flashback to the leisure He's been running for here. senator for years.
1: Oh, right. Well, let me, oh, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, say,
0: I'll say this about the power
1: of... Sorry, the, I had of, a moment. I was like, that wasn't registering. I'll, I'll He's not a, on the ballot.
0: I'll give another example about uh, conspiracy theories and like the relationship to politics and how it can be used. Um, the Tea Party movement. That well, look. That started okay. That kind of that stayed on the right wing of the political spectrum, but it was originally started as part of the Ron Paul movement back in two thousand eight, maybe a little earlier than that. Once Obama was elected, it was it was just an anti Obama thing. Well, it didn't start that way though. It one, didn't? One, no, it didn't. Once, once Obama was elected, it did get co-opted by the mainstream Republican Party. Right, and that's right. where that's where you began to see this marriage of the really extreme of people that were really extreme on the conspiracy theory side, and the mainstream Republican Party. You began to see the marriage there, and that's what eventually led up to you know where we're at now, Donald Trump. Yeah. that's in my opinion. Well, but- so so these things can be co-opted and can be used by a, a political party. On the other side, we now have these groups like Antifa, and that can also that could also be co-opted at a certain point by the Democrats. I think hmm. we'll have to wait and see on that. But that's that's a movement that is burgeoning. and could could happen so I, I think these things definitely happen where you have this grassroots movement that says "Oh, uh, we need like what rob is saying we need to keep the powers that be in check but eventually become co-opted by the very same powers that be
1: well i see i have a different view of the uh this sounds like i'm really hating on the cons- the right i'm not i don't hate anybody uh the See, as Bill Maher says, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. The guy's a horrible, like pill popping. Isn't he a pervert, too? I mean, come on. What, what are we doing?
0: <laughs> I could just see the emails getting written right now. Just angry.
1: Send typing. them to Robertino. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Right. I'll um, read them on air.
1: I, I, well, that's, a, I just don't get it. I don't understand how you say, oh, I'm a Christian and all that. And then yet you're so, you back these awful people. That don't do anything good for society.
0: I don't get that either.
1: But whatever. I don't get that either. It's, uh, it is, it's weird to me how they just eat their words whenever it comes to, well, he's a, he wears a suit and he's a, he's a God-fearing <laughs> man. And it's like he just murdered somebody, but they're like, well, he's yeah. repented. We're good. So right. anyway, the, as Bill Maher says with the Tea Party in regards to the Tea Party, They put on their Sunday best, and they marched right down to Washington, and they said to everybody, hey, we're anti-Obama. And they really didn't have any—they tried to say that it was, oh, well, we're a this kind of party, and we don't want to be taxed to death and all that kind of stuff, which they weren't. They had nothing to stand on. There wasn't really any truth to what they were saying, but they went down to Washington, and they did just what I'm talking about. They got elected— They were like, "We're God-fearing Americans, and we're here to help you out." And and we don't like this. We don't like this black guy that's gotten into office and all that kind of stuff. And (laughs) everybody loved that, and they ate it up. And then they started listening to their stupid policies, which they claimed were all economic, and they had nothing to stand on. And so then everybody started going, "Okay, well, never mind. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do this because you have nothing." And so. There basically was the deal with the Tea Party, and that's why they're so unvital now. If I think if Black Lives Matter did something like this, where you know they put on their Sunday best and went down and started getting people elected and all that kind of stuff, they would probably be a pretty vital party.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I oh, mean, that's yeah. that's that's kind of where I'm going to with. Uh, I was using the uh, example of Antifa, but Black Lives Matter might be an even better example of what I'm saying. Like I think that that will eventually be that will be co opted by the Democratic Party, the mainstream political party.
1: If to, but they are to try to very get in, Trump out of office. They're they're being um, they're being very separate though, because I think the last rally they had in town, they said no white people. Right, and I mean, you're that's not going to really, get that is really going if you do yeah, that. That's
0: really going to turn a lot of people off. Yeah, well, and that's that's what I was saying. Like, that's ex- I mean to me. That's extremism. Got to play the game, it was, bro. It it's like, extremism too.
4: Like, yeah, like six or eight months ago, there was this whole thing. Like, we talked about it on a podcast, and Alyssa got upset and stormed out. But uh, there was this. It was like a um, an ad that ran on. MTV live yes, streaming or something. The yes. whole like okay white people blah 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 okay yeah, white it guys was like extreme
0: It was extremely like, condescending. Yeah, and it's like well, right. some of
4: us really do care, and we are trying, and we do like we are on your side, but don't exclude us from trying to help you. That's see, not helping the situation.
0: At see, all. I think my, I think my point it's, is about any of this any of this stuff with the uh, with with uh, with politics on either the right or the left. Is either one tries to just satisfy their agenda and what they think should happen. Yeah, it's power grabs. It's power grabs, and it has really nothing to do with freedom and, or democracy and or like anything. You said, but money, it's just,
4: money will absorb those groups and turn them to their
0: cause. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, look at okay, look at political correctness. I mean, how in many ways how restrictive that is to where you don't even know what you're supposed to even say anymore okay and then on the op i i think i think on the exact opposite end of that you have you have these really right-wing extreme people that are willing to say that are that are willing to say well you know this group can't can't vote or this group can't do, you know, we, we, we deal with these two opposite extremes and the, this real polarization is what's going to really, in my opinion, is going to bring, would bring this country down at a certain point, you know, to where, you know, I think now that with Trump in office, I think you've seen the last gasp, honestly, of the right, wing and the left wing is going to start getting even more extreme probably and so, that yeah. scares me it scares me that scares me too
1: any extremism
0: is right exactly
4: scary Yeah, because no one is focusing on any kind of mission statement what we need for the future it's all about how we're going to get back in power how we're going to get mm-hmm. back in power how we're and, and it's these 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 fake platforms back and forth on either side exactly to swing the election and it's
0: cuz one needs to be on top of the other. I mm-hmm. mean, okay, we were mm-hmm. we were going to talk some about World War II. Well, you know, I'll bring this up. You know, what did you have in in World War II? And before World War II, when you had the Nazis on one side and you had the Soviets on the other, you had two very extreme political positions that just started fighting each other. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, the communists were really no different in, in action or well, our technique than 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 the fascists.
1: Now that you could reduce it down, because it's very interesting how Hitler came to power. I mean, he basically staged a uh, terrorist attack. And was like, well, I'll, I'll keep you safe, which, uh, m- m- by the way, that's what Putin did. That's exactly what Putin did. And um, talking about the Moscow Theater? There's that, and he, well, later on, they were like, well, we should have an election. And he's like, what do you mean? You can't even feed yourselves. I'm here for you. And yeah. so it was like, oh, okay, all right, let's keep you in office for a little bit longer. And so he's just going to keep being a dictator. There, there's never going to be any change there. But um, you know, the Russians love it. I mean, they. Sorry, they. The Russians really just respect
0: power and strength, and that's kind of their issue and their problem. We're not going to solve that for them.
1: Yes, but he is. He is a bad dude, and <laughs> he is. Uh, no,
0: he's definitely not an angel.
4: Yeah, but I, I don't see that as our problem though either.
1: Well, actually. There is a thing that we have a lot of sanctions against Russia about their oil reserves. And we sort of regulate how he uses those reserves. Well, our awesome president, Trump, (laughs) comes in and is like, nah, I'm going to lift a few of those. If he lifts a few of those, he's going to make Putin the richest man in the world. So think about that. A guy that's he's murderer, he's he's a thug, he will do whatever. Give him a whole bunch of money. What do you think you got then? I mean, you think we're gonna be able to beat him with like missiles and stuff? No way. he's gonna be the power. So Oliver Stone this is Ol- I keep- Oliver
0: Stone loves him.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> but this is, people keep going, oh, no, 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 we should be friends with them. This is cool. And it's like, no, you need to keep him at a serious arm's length, and you need to keep him way under thumb. So, that's all yeah. I'm saying.
4: <laughs> no, I, I see what you're saying, but it, it is, it's, it's a touchy.
1: They, uh, I always equate it to, you've got the tube trade over at, um. Sorry, my cigar fell down. This is an emergency. (laughs) Um, You've got the tube trade over in Russia, and uh, the mob was, like, shaking them down. We were having problems getting vacuum tubes. Well, they go to Putin. They say, hey, you know, these guys are bugging us, blah, blah, blah. And Putin's like, oh, well, you're vital to our economy. I'm going to get them off your back. He instantly gets them off off their back. Well, they love Putin. They're just like, oh, he's the greatest. Of course. But it's Putin. It's not good that he gets more and more power. And I, I cannot express this to people. His gangster mentality is going to, in the end, it's not going to be good. So I, okay. I, I see what you're saying, but like
4: Russia. We, okay. go Well, let's go back to the cold wars, you know, decades ago. Yes. Uh, Russia has been in a power grab, and we have been also in a power grab, and we haven't always tended to be the the, the least bullyest person on the field.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
4: Either, so I mean, you know, we, but we, we
1: don't have a dictator. We,
4: <laughs> no, we've got a shitty choice between the same thing and the same thing,
0: and this or yeah, I mean, But of many people. Uh, I, I sure. will, I will play devil's advocate on Russia because I like to do that. If,
1: By the way, I love Russia. Don't get me that? wrong. I have many Russian friends, and I love them to death. I just don't like Putin. So
0: that's understandable.
1: There's people in Russia that don't like. <laughs> don't, that don't blame don't like them. Putin. Right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> but there's there's people in Russia that don't like. They're not or, stupid. Don't, don't like <laughs> that.
0: You know. I'd say the Russians as a whole respect strength.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, they know how things get I done. I am conflicted on
0: a lot of that because I don't like Putin either. I think that, yeah, he's a thug. He is a dictator. But I can kind of understand a little bit of where he and Russia as a whole are coming from. Because as Rob pointed out, when the Cold War ended, they were told a certain, they were given certain guarantees, Mm -hmm. okay, when the Soviet Union was still around, when Germany reunified, they were given certain guarantees that NATO is not going to expand east, Other than East Germany, which was obviously, okay, that's a given. Poland, your favorite country, Jeff, Czechoslovakia.
1: Mm. uh, Love those Czechs.
0: They were not. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Well, still at that time, Czechoslovakia. But they hadn't split up yet. But they were given those guarantees that, you know, those countries are not going to become part of NATO. Well, the Soviet Union falls, Warsaw Pact falls, uh, Russia sees itself as the, in some many ways, rightly so, the successor of the Soviet Union. And gradually over time, late 90s, into the 2000s, around into 2007, all those countries that used to be Warsaw Pact basically became part of NATO, and also the baltic states which had been part of the soviet union became part of nato so literally right up to russia's doorstep when ukraine and everything that happened over there occurred back in 2013 2014 that i think was where the line got drawn finally for for putin and for and for russia and saying no we're not going to Ukraine is in our sphere of influence. You can't have the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was making overtures towards the European Union, but also with an eye to possibly joining or having some kind of partnership with NATO. That was just too much. That was the line in the sand. And the Russians did what whatever they did there, sending in troops or whatever. And I believe that there are troops there Russian troops in Ukraine. But I, I look at it as just in a historical point of view as if you think about where we have for 100 in over 150 years had our own backyard, which is Latin America, and we've said at a certain point, okay, the rest of the world, hands off, this is America's sphere of influence. I think Russia is the same way. They want to have their sphere of influence, which is Ukraine, Central Asian states.
1: Ah, I don't know all, the all,
0: all, of, all of that. So, who are we to tell them that you can't do this?
1: That's what, what you, drives me crazy. What you got to understand, though, is when, when Russia fell. Or I'm sorry, when Soviet Union fell, <laughs> this is why I should not do this. People should not ask my opinion. <laughs> when the, it's okay, there there are, the still, there are still people
0: that say that that, that when, will say them
1: Soviets. When Soviet Russia fell and all that happened, their economy was in the toilet. There were people starving, and I mean yeah. they were desperate. Things are, you know. They are trying to get it. That's he's KGB. He's trying to get it all back. He's trying to get it all the way back to you know Soviet Russia the way it was, and the the poor people. I mean, my gosh, they're just like, yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. Whenever you know, we had a lot of forced laws, but-, yeah, our pe- but
4: our our people are also suffering economically, and we also have a president that is promising to bring things back.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Is also doing the same. Real similar tactics, though. That's that's my point. Like,
3: but
1: do you think has he actually ever said like what that is to bring it back? Like, what are we bringing it back to? Oh,
4: oh, well, okay, I can answer that actually. Um, let's go back to say nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties.
1: Yeah, I think I know you where had, you're going to. With you had
4: the... rural America, which makes up um a huge portion of the country, but a small portion of the voting population. Right. All right so fifty sixty years ago you had you had uh, well, the coal industry is the biggest example, but you had all these industries farming industry, the you know all these blue collar things all across America where a person could go out and they could work hard and they could provide for a family and they could buy a home, and they could do all these great things, not all of them but but the, the opportunity was out there, and it was you know it for was, white america for white Americans sure yes yeah but that that potential was there, and it was you know that's what that's what our grandparents grew up in. That's the era that they that right. they, they saw, and it was like it was all a work hard, get rewarded, system, which makes sense. And I wish, like, I, I I do wish that that was still true today, but it's not, and it's not going to come back. But he stood on a platform and said, you know, I'm going to bring this back to you. I'm going to reopen the coal factories. I'm going to, uh, which is ridiculous. Oh well totally ridiculous totally untrue there's but there was there was so many there's so many people out there some the big portion of the voting population that was just like they remember their childhood they remember thinking if you work hard you're going to succeed and if we could make it true again that's worth everything that's worth absolutely everything Mm -hmm. And, and 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 you know like people try to tie the racism thing into it that's not what that's not why people voted for him that's not why this happened it's
1: a lot of people voted for him because he is saying things that really align with the separatist movement. I mean I'm sorry, the stuff that he say make it a great again like it was in the fifties when basically before civil rights. There I mean <laughs> come on. He is like he's almost saying what without saying, Oh, I don't like black well, people. He's basically he saying also, that he
0: also has, in my opinion, a viewpoint of or he really just wants to put America first in all things like our interest is going to be dominant over someone over someone else's interest like I, some of the things that he has said about about NATO and having the you know constituent parts of NATO kind of pay their fair share and do what they need to do like in the military alliance that you know is overly dependent on the United States for just about everything uh but what else I, 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 there's almost there is this almost isolationist, but yet well you know if something happens like North Korea for instance and it uh it it it, it conflicts with our interests, then we need to go do something about it. He does have that point of view
1: wait and i i want to go back to i don't want to leave this at all. <laughs> The deal with the 50s is that technologically speaking, yeah, we were in a good spot. That is not here anymore. I get that. If you want to work in a factory, you better know robotics. You better know how to build websites and do all kinds of cyber technology. I get all of that. All I am not talking I'm not saying that he was right. I'm talking about his platform
4: mm-hmm. and how why it too, appealed. Yeah.
1: I'm saying it to everybody. Why that it is ap-
4: a stupid thing to think. Why it appealed to to blue counties of America. Well, red counties. Red counties of America. That's what I said.
1: Because well <laughs> they are there I mean I hate to say it but they're the most misinformed. I mean they, they're the most hopeful too. The The, coal mining industry was basically... uh, I mean, this is nothing against them at all, but they were hard workers that you didn't really have to have a skill. You just had to be able to go down and mine coal. And you made a lot of money doing that because you risked your life. And that is not a viable resource anymore. I'm I'm sorry, it's just not. Just like the the, the, jobs of the
4: 50s. The argument against that is that... um, it was destroyed by um, regulations. No. The regulations destroyed. I, I, I agree, but that's the argument against it is that that's what destroyed well, it. Well, that's asinine because I know. <laughs> that is uh,
1: the. There's a fantastic documentary that I can't remember the name of that tells you all about how, reg, how lifting regulations and how Gal, Alan Greenspan said, I don't believe in it. That's how, what got us to 2008. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how to explain to people that they're they're trying to hold on to the past and it's, it's, it's not growing good. It's
4: it's growing pains is what mm-hmm. it is. And we're yeah. going to suffer and change change is not well,
3: easy. Well,
0: that's part of the reason why I said that this is kind of like the last gasp of that of the the right-wing mentality. Well, yeah. this is the chance that they Thank God. This is the only chance that they have, I think. Like like Trump is almost like looking looking backwards and not necessarily looking forwards. Oh, very However, much However, so. do the right wing, the left wing, do they, have, do they have the answer? I don't know. That's the thing.
4: I don't know either, but I, I, but I don't Is have Is it going
0: to make them much more extremist, and then we're going to end up with some kind of...
4: But I also don't have faith in the Green Party or the Libertarians.
1: So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah,
1: I only have faith in Elon Musk. Yes. He will fix everything. Elon Musk will save us <laughs> no, let all. Let us follow Jeff. you. Let's so, start the campaign right here, wait, right I, now. He'll save us all,
0: Still
4: from Elon 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 us all Musk, to Mars. Elon Musk for
1: president 2020. We're starting right here. Here's what I don't get about the whole. President when of when Mars. you started <laughs> off with the whole Trump thing, is, and I'll ask any Trump supporter this too. What. It, he keeps going, make it great again. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. What are you going to do? He has. The, I've never heard one plan. Never, not once. Because That's he doesn't point. have one. That's my point. I'm not. I'm not but, trying. To,
4: I'm not trying to say that he had a good platform. I'm trying to. It explain. was a slogan. I'm just trying to explain why so many people voted for him because there was this exactly. desperation in rural America that was so. Bad yes. that he hit
1: upon it at the right point. Yes, the I don't right think point that at the right time. I don't think that. I think that. I mean, they...
4: you grew up in a small town, just like I did. Yeah. When I go home to visit, it's it's a ghost town. Half the businesses are closed down. Everything is like I, everyone's barely scraping by. It's just. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think that at all, man. I'm I've got it. I think it's because he's a black man in the White House. If you go in that small town that I go back to. What do you think they call him? It ain't good. It is. I I think that most all of this comes into, well, he ain't like us and Trump's more like us. So I think all of this stuff stems from because Bush ruined all of it. Man, it was a ghost town in the little where I'm from, West Tennessee. It was a ghost town way before when Bush came in. I mean, that place was just it was horrible, but they loved Bush It all stems from this whole, like, well, we don't want a black guy in the White House. That's where all this is coming back to. I mean, sorry, but it's like, there's no... He has... There's no answer. It's just, well, he's a white guy, so I'm on his side.
4: Right, but there wasn't a black guy running against him. There was Hillary or there was Bernie on the the Democrat side. And he won over them because people want to remember back when you could... Simply work hard, and that was enough to provide for your family. Still, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that there's not a race. There's not the racist like there, there. could be. I mean, I'm sure that there
1: is mm.
4: that percentage too. But the, I think uh,
1: the only people that I ever hear speak out about it are always the racist ones. That's the only thing that I ever hear.
0: There are still people on on the facebooks that. At
4: this point, I think that's that, the sole constituency that that, are, yeah. that
0: that blame Obama for stuff even now, and the man's been out of office now for months. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's let's all see, of that. Let's see Obama behind every everything, you know. And the other the other big bugaboo now is uh, George Soros. That's another one that I hear about all the time. Uh, you know, if there's and. There's things about Soros that hey I definitely don't like, but you could say like yeah he, what he is is a coke, or the Coke Brothers of the of the liberal side, okay, um, so yeah, but we we definitely have that we definitely have that issue, as well, where we have the really rich industrialists are quote unquote philanthropists that are getting involved with politics, and. Putting their interests above the interests of everybody else. And that's 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 mm. the part of it that, you know, like what we were talking about with Ken Thomas, where it's really it's really not a um, a black and white issue, it's not a right and left issue, it's really a rich poor issue. That's really what's going on. Mm. Underneath want, it my all, opinion. For sure. underneath it all. It's, yeah. it's 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 a class struggle. So everything let, else let's everything else, me and my buddies. Right. Everything else is just a
4: a and that's how it's been for, village. Yeah, that's how it's been for president after president after president mm-hmm. for my lifetime, I think but since at least Carter.
0: I think there's something too what Jeff is saying about the racism issue as far as Obama. Because you would hear things that you know, the Muslim thing. Obama is a secret Muslim or his wife is a transvestite and all this kind of stuff and I you never know, heard that one and yeah Michelle's, a trans- yeah Michelle's a transvestite i just
1: recently heard that obama was gay and that uh, the whole pizzagate thing was for him to get little boys yeah what I've, I just I've, heard. I've heard no I've, kidding the guy I've, I've i've heard that the guy that has built my website started busting that out and i was like oh my
0: god i've, I've, I've heard i've heard that i've heard that too but you would never hear anything that was substantial about Obama, about how, you know, the drone stuff, or the continued wars, the continued uh, the continued backing of the military-industrial complex, the fact that Obama was even more harsh, his administration was even more harsh to the whistleblowers than Bush had even been. People like Snowden. Okay? And... Um. What is it? Uh, can it, Chelsea Man or now Chelsea Manning? Right, these people that were revealing all these, you know, this horrible uh, surveillance system that we have. All this is still, you know, and not necessarily really in many ways the fault of Obama, because in so many ways he was just as much of a puppet as Bush or or any or Clinton or anybody mm-hmm. that. Preceded him, but you know Obama, it, it, like Dinesh D'Souza, the um, conservative commentator. Which some of the stuff I like about him, and there's some stuff that I despise. <clears throat> but you know, he even even he made the point about the uh, surveillance state and the surveillance state. But he, but in his opinion, that was all Obama. You know, no, it had its roots under Bush for
1: sure. It did have its roots under Clinton. Now, wait a minute. He's the one that made that movie that it was, as I've been told, it is the horror movie starring uh, Obama. That's the guy, right? He went to jail. Yes. Yeah, let's for not camp- forget that. For some
0: campaign, <laughs> for some campaign donations. And yes. He, he definitely is one of these that has a uh, persecution
1: complex. See, this is, man, I'm sorry, but... You know the cigar, Rob? When... When uh yes, get the man a cigar. I'm sorry, but boy,
0: have a cigar, you're going to go far.
1: I don't understand how it, when somebody tells me a conspiracy theory, I always go, "So, are you uh liberal?" And then whatever that is, I don't believe them. I'm just like yeah, if it I, is an anti-Republican thing, I go, oh, are you liberal? I, and like, yeah. And I'm like, I totally don't believe you. You just that, made all that up.
0: The way that I look at conspiracy theories is it's people in power, whoever that may be, whichever side that may be, mm-hmm. um, doing something that is going to be inimical to democracy or what we perceive as democracy. If that makes sense. I got you. You had wanted to talk, Jeff, about... Um, WWII. Well, you, you had watched the Oliver Stone documentary. I did.
1: Uh, f- the first one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Untold History of the United States.
1: Yes. The uh, very interesting, a little premise of it, essentially, um, uh, the, uh, we did not win World War II. Russia actually... I mean, I'm sorry. The Soviet Union actually... <laughs> they... I, well, I keep thinking of it because they called it the big Russian the godless bear. godless communist. Yeah. The, they actually won World War II. They beat Germany. Mm-hmm. They are the ones. We showed up in the aftermath, basically, and was like, hey, we're going to liberate you. But Russia really made the huge sacrifice. They also did a lot of bad things. But... um Especially in the after, after the war, yeah. did a horrible, horrible things. You can ask things. the
0: German soldiers that were POWs after Stalingrad.
1: What, what was it? There was, they couldn't even count how many rapes there were of mm. the German women. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, a lot of them, uh, they, there were so many suicides because of all of the rapes. I mean, it was terrible. But, in either case, they did actually win the war. They are the... They're the ones that
0: put mm. the big
1: police. Oh,
0: I would, I would, I would, you know. Do tell. I watched that documentary. I watched the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, trying to light my cigar here. I watched the entire thing, and they were, I thought a lot of it was good. He did a lot of interesting um things in it especially some of the ties that you know that to the Nazis that some people in American finance Mm -hmm. had which I thought was interesting now in that specific case I'd have to say yes and no because
1: Uh, I'm sorry which part
0: Well, about the Russians, the Soviets winning the war, which we can use Russians and Soviets interchangeably, okay? Okay. Um, Had it not been for the materiel that we sent the Soviet Union, Mm -hmm. they probably would have lost. Because we supplied, we were the arsenal of democracy, Remember?
1: Yeah, but they still—they were on the front lines. They sacrificed mm-hmm. tons of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I—I I can't, I can't remember lost, the numbers. They
0: lost more than anybody else,
1: right? Exactly. I mean, their sacrifice was the biggest of everybody. Um, we lost four hundred thousand men. There you go. I knew you knew the. Uh, uh, the.
0: British was less, I think, around $1 million or maybe even $2 million. But the Russians lost, I don't even know the number. I'd, I'd have to it's look it It's astronomical.
1: I can't it, even imagine like that many people. Yeah,
0: it's ext- it, it, it is very astronomical.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm dubious on that claim because I really think it was everybody working together,
1: honestly. That well, toppled Nazi Germany. Of course, everybody had a hand in it, but I still, I am, we had more of a squabble with uh, Japan, and people always go, we won the war. And I think what he's trying to state is that we didn't actually win it. We helped... You know, nobody ever. When I was going through school, and we ever talked about it, nobody ever discussed Russia.
4: Well, we came in pretty late to the game. Exactly, I mean, we didn't. We didn't jump in until we were directly attacked on American soil. Right. Exactly. And then, and then we obliterated the hell out of Japan.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, then still fortified. Though, nobody other ever. There's no American history books that go, "Oh yeah," you know. They they hardly even mention Russia and all the stuff that they did. Right. So well, that's my point though is yeah, that Russia yeah. actually you know they were uh 80% of the win Well when those books were written the Cold War was going on and it was like Yeah we hate those we, guys. We, Yeah, <laughs>
4: you know it was the 80s when i was taught that stuff and it was like eh,
1: yes yeah, the, like,
4: yeah just don't talk about Russia
1: Right hmm. Well
0: it was seen as Yeah i guess in many ways they they kind of whitewashed that a mm-hmm. little bit. I mean, the things that you get in school are kind of atrocious anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you're lucky to get to World War II in a lot of these high school history classes. That's what we got to was World War II. Like, we we didn't did really, in college. We didn't really talk about Vietnam or really? no, any, God, of these, no. any of these other we, we wars. Touched on, we touched that, on the
4: Korean War and yeah. Vietnam a little bit, but... Even Desert Storm when I was in mm-hmm. in high school, but it wasn't like not as much as like you know the War of 1812 or the Civil War or War of 1812. Some of, some of the archaic stuff that you can kind of talk about as yeah, it, it's less real because it happened before anyone is from now is still alive kind of thing, you know.
0: I I think in that documentary, I think that Stone. Tends to idolize people. I mean, he's not an historian. Mm-hmm. The book is actually much better. Um, I I've I've read the book, um, than because than the actual documentary. It's a little bit more, more fair. But uh, you know, did you watch any of the other parts of it where he not talks really. about Henry Wallace?
1: I fell asleep.
0: Who was the <laughs> <laughs> Henry Wall- Henry Wallace was the Vice president before Truman. FDR in his first two terms had one vice president, and then Harry Wallace was
1: By the way, FDR, if I may pause you for a second, an avid cigar smoker.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: And guess who was not a cigar smoker? Mussolini and Hitler.
3: Oh Boom. there you
1: go.
4: There you have it. Oh, uh, you know who else was? Uh Churchill! Churchill, who the...
0: (laughs) Name the
1: length of these cigars. Also, John F. Kennedy. But go ahead, sorry.
0: So, Wallace was the second vice president, and then Truman became vice president under, through FDR's short fourth term, where then FDR died, Truman became president, right? And... Stone, I think, idolizes Wallace a lot of saying, like, well, things could have been different if Henry Wallace had been president. Mm. He would have come to some kind of understanding with the Soviet Union, whereas um, Truman really didn't. And, but there's no real way to really tell or to know. That's all kind of like counterfactual history. Right. We don't know what Wallace would have done. We don't know what the pressures would have been, um, how he would have dealt with Stalin. There's that assumption in Stone's mind that um, he would have dealt with Stalin the same way that FDR did, which was more of, well, we can share the world with each other. You can have your sphere of influence. We'll We'll have ours. I mean, it was kind of like already said and done because the soviet union occupied eastern europe
1: well the uh stalin wasn't a big fan of churchill and england and all that stuff. well I mean, they were no that is true they and, were not i mean it's kind of amazing that they got together to defeat hitler well they had to
0: yeah well but still the, the it was, soviet union was not churchill's first right first choice i mean churchill even said when uh the, you know, the, the Russian Revolution happened and the Bolsheviks took over. He even said we need to strangle Bolshevism in its grave, and that's where you get this kind of like the Allied. This is World War One or mm-hmm. right after it. The Allied intervention in what would later become the Soviet Union. Like we we were even a part of that. We held some parts of the Far East, and Britain was had some some of the ports in the north. Uh, But later on, you know, there was no real support for the whites. So they eventually, people were tired of war, so they pulled out. So Churchill had even said that. And now here he is with this idea. But I I think he had this idea that, okay, the enemy of my my enemy is my friend kind of mentality. Interesting thing about Churchill, uh, because you're familiar, I'm sure, with the Iron Curtain Mm -hmm. speech, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Here's something they don't teach you in school. Was late 1944 Churchill flies to Moscow. I'm sure he had a couple of cigars while he was there. And he pulls out a piece of paper and he says, it might have even been a napkin. And he looks at Stalin and he says, okay, Poland You have 90% interest, we have 10%. Bulgaria, it's like 50, 60, or something like that. You know, that's more than 100. Greece was 90% Britain. And oh, yeah, true. Thank you. (laughs) It's 110%. You know, yeah, it's getting late. 60, 40. 60, 40. There we go. That's what I have you, Rob. Keep me on my toes. Um,
4: I'm the math guy.
0: But Greece says, you know, Britain has 90% influence. Um, You have 10%. Now, these percentages <clears throat> don't really mean much. It just says... It's just drawing... Eastern old, Europe, you can have it, basically. Drawing the
4: line in the sand.
0: Exactly.
4: Which Churchill was a part of, which then he later went on to... Yes. Yeah.
0: In the Iron Curtain speech, he says... Well, you know, this, 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 you know, the Iron Curtain has ascended across the continent, and which this is ha- a bad thing. Which he helped draw. Which he helped set up. Right. Interestingly enough, and they make this point in, the, in Oliver Stone's documentary, that Stalin actually kept his word in Greece by not really supporting the Greek communists during the Greek Civil War. And Yugoslavia did, but Yugoslavia was kind of doing its own thing, which he later, they later broke with Stalin. But it's interesting that, you know, here we have, okay, Churchill, the hero, sitting there with Truman in Independence, Missouri, giving this speech. But like Rob said, he helped set the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. That part they don't tell you in history class. So, these things are just for whatever gain we have, whatever momentary gain. And the Cold War, the history of the Cold War, the beginning of it, is extremely fascinating. Yeah. If you ever, if you ever look into it. And, and not widely taught. It's just said in the history books, well, you know, we were allies with the Soviet Union in 1945, and then by 1947, all of a sudden, they were our enemy, Right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at that history, you have to look at what was going on in the United States at the time. We just come out of the war, and what really got us out of the Great Depression? The war. Exactly. Uh, now, the war, Now, 1946, the war is over. Men are coming home from the war. They don't know what if they're going to have any jobs. They don't know if the economy is going to contract at all. And these guys that had just fought for democracy or whatever, were now going to be out of work. There was a lot of labor strife. Labor unions were really starting to fill their, fill their, uh, their oats. And people... Were really concerned. In fact, I saw a Life magazine that was at my parents' house from 1946. This time that they tell you in the documentaries and say, "Well, America was on top because America was unscathed by the war," which is true. Uh, but there's this article that says, "Is has is America done? Are we is is the American dream over?" Because there were all these concerns. Well, the next year, 1947, the real beginning of the Cold War, they begin to look around in the Truman administration and, and others, and you know, they say, well, we do have an enemy out there that we perceive as an enemy, and that's the Soviet Union. And we can have a permanent war footing, and we can keep everybody... Employed, we can give jobs to these guys that just came back. But what we got to do is we got to real, and this is even said in a in a documentary about Truman on PBS. I, one of the staffers that later became Lyndon Johnson's defense secretary, um, at the end of his term, said that what they had to do was they, what they had to do was go out there and scare the hell out of the American people. That came out of this guy's mouth. Mm. At first, it was Greece and Turkey, the inroads that supposedly the Soviet Union were making into those two countries. So and we then had later to on, McCarthy them.
1: comes along with all this. Yeah,
0: that comes that that comes later. But constant war footing because now we have an enemy. We have somebody. It's it's those communists that are that want to you know destroy our way of life, and uh, especially Stalin. You know, I, Stalin, he
1: wasn't a good guy, much like Putin, like we were discussing. I don't fully agree with you, and I'll tell you why. The And this is sort of to Rob's point about the, we're going back to the 50s. Ooh. Whenever you, there's some book publisher, and I cannot remember the name of it, but it's great. It's all these old how-to books. It's a catalog you get, and uh, it's all these old, like... 1920s 1930s how to be a metal worker how to how to um how to you know build certain things how to it's basically books on how to do a skill and they were what they were doing right before the war they were publishing all these books and they were taking people out of fields And making them welders, metal workers, teaching them all these skills and all that kind of stuff. There was, it was kind of a, and nobody ever talks about this, but right there before the war, there was this like industrial renaissance of all these people. And they became really good at it really fast. Well, during the war, they did these jobs, they got good at it. They came out and then people were like, well, I'm a welder, I'm a, I'm a builder. I'm a this guy. I have these skills. And then you move into the 60s where they're like, we're going to make everybody engineers because we're going to the moon and we're all this kind of stuff. So I don't think that it's fully that we were... I don't think that it was fully that we were, you know, fighting communists. We we had a big renaissance of skilled (laughs) labor that all of a sudden came to be.
4: Right. But what I think Adam is saying is that we used... The fear of an enemy to help propagate that whole thing, because right. we, we had this whole we had these resources, and we had these people, and we had these. Um,
1: yeah, I agree. We, we right. had these
4: industries, but we we needed a reason to perpetuate them, and and the the scary Soviet enemy was the reason that allowed it to keep continuing on mm-hmm. and keep constant, rolling. Constant
0: constant war footing. I, I the the military industrial complex really kicks into gear. Right after World War II. I agree with you, but I don't think that that was the full reason. Right when the Cold War starts.
1: I don't think that was the full reason because machines became... I mean, my grandfather started... Right after the war, he started working at Brown Shoe Factory uh, putting soles on shoes. It was like they didn't have those machines. You know, it it was... There was just this influx of everything being built all of a sudden and Uh, it was like, okay. I think it it was...
4: Go on. Well, I was going to say it was it it was a a a bizarre time. There's a a lot of shifts that happened all at the same time, and part of it was that's
1: true. Yeah, that's what I mean. There was the um,
4: you know, the shift of like the economy switched to more of a a two-income per family thing. Um, the whole like pre 40s 50s dad works mom stays at home thing started to die off. There was a lot of new opportunities in a lot of different industries. The technological advancements a lot a lot of that the, the it, simple things like having a a washer and dryer or a a dishwasher at home helped to propagate that whole thing and it was It was kind of a launching point into into where yeah. we ended up. You know, well, there in, was a lot of synergy is what I'm I, saying. I'm, yeah, I'm not, there, there was along with, along with and all I of that. I
1: honestly think that's where Trump's trying to go. I think he's trying to get us into a war because he thinks in his stupid little mind that we are going to somehow <laughs> get this crazy like, oh, we're getting it all back. We're going to industrialize again and be great. I think that Could in be? the back of his mind, he thinks that in his old, but, old well, mentality. I think, I think
4: that the Bush administration did a similar thing. Oh,
0: yeah, you know, totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here's, here's, what, here's what I'm saying. Now what you're, what you're talking about is something that is more the people as a whole, the culture as a whole. Right. Okay? I'm talking about the people at the top, the policymakers in Washington. Yeah, no, and I don't disagree with you. The titans of industry and mm-hmm. the fact that, we the fact that, you know, aircraft manufacturers like Boeing can keep making their product. Right. Because we definitely, if you compare... Pre-World War II, where we had like a small standing army, and like maybe our navy was the best. P- compare that to post World War II, it's night and day with the with the military yes. and these wars that constantly make money. Uh-huh. You know, right now, you know, Ken Burns has the Vietnam War documentary. And yes. although we lost tons of men 50,000, over 50,000 men in that war, people still made money from that war. Mm -hmm. And they are still making money from war. Oh, yeah. And that's where we're at. Yeah. The Soviet Union fell. We had the 90s where we weren't too sure what we were going to do. And then all of a sudden, 9-11 happens, and we're back on to say, well, we have... We have an enemy again, right? And now the Russia thing is coming back. It's all like coming back in a big circle. Mm-hmm. So where I think the origins of the Cold War, and there's some other aspects to it as well. You know, there's the Ken and Long telegram. Those, those type of those type of things. There were other events that occurred, but indefinitely. Stalin, I'm not letting him off the hook on any of it because there's some ideas that he really was aggressive and he really did want to um, take over Western Europe. There's some, you know, that he was going to start a... There's evidence that he was going to start another purge and that would have led
1: to another war because he was getting ready for it. He also wanted to really industrialize. Mm -hmm. The problem with Russia is it's... it's A lot of it's uninhabitable. (laughs) So he He did industrialize.
0: Well, but he did it in like Siberia,
1: where all these people died. He did, yeah. And you
0: know, and you know, who helped him do that in the 1920s and the 30s? I'm assuming United States capital. And by I mean capital, I mean money. Right. There were there were a lot of. Businessmen and engineers and industrialists that invested heavily. In well, the that's Soviet what they
1: do. Union. I mean, there was uh, a lot of them. Um, there was several American companies that invested in Hitler. I mean, that's just like what you do. Halliburton. Exactly. That what do you think they were doing? Exactly. Ford. So that's just how it works. I mean,
4: Boyd was a massive fan
1: of Hitler. Oh yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. So yeah, no. I I mean, this Not is just that's him. just how it goes, but the fact that he sent them all out to siberia to you know build factories and all that kind of stuff and wound up just killing millions of people um yeah is
0: i mean if you really want to think about it if you really think about it god i don't you know stalin i mean stalin for a good while was our guy over there mhm and then they said oh well he's getting a little bit too dangerous so Nazi Germany gets set up and supported yeah this 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 is kind of the things that 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 has been done where you know we create these monsters and then they come they come back at us, and then the wars just keep going in a, in a big circle
1: now on a sidebar and not to not to derail, but was Stalin a staunch um atheist
4: so that's always been a big contention point between us and the Soviets in general,
1: right? But I can't remember if he was—or not that I remember—I wasn't that old. I but think he,
4: I think he was.
1: He was he, yeah, was. he was. He thought that religion was really because he was so paranoid. He was against
4: well, the, the, the all wh- the wh- communist philosophy that came up through like um, Lenin. I'm trying to think of the author's name.
1: Oh, Marx. No, um, not Marx.
0: Earlier, well, Marx did say that religion is the opiate of the masses. That's yeah. what he's you
1: know, yeah. yeah I sure. But those
4: earlier Russian authors that were very influential, I can't I can't think of
0: his
1: name. Nietzsche. Uh,
4: no, uh, that is all I got. Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he was very very influential. Excuse in that me. Whole, whole movement. And there was there was a huge time in the 1800s where um, atheism kind of blossomed in in the whole Soviet Union and influenced a lot of their uh, viewpoints thereafter.
0: Well, however, it didn't prevent Stalin when the Great Patriotic War happened, which was when Germany invaded the Soviet Union in 1941. It didn't keep it didn't keep him from, you know, bringing the the uh, Orthodox Church back because he realized that you know the symbol the power of it to, for the, for the Russians
1: right you know he he was definitely a uh, well that that's exactly what Hitler did you right. know I, a I,
0: pragmatist
4: I, I say that a lot though like religion is used a lot um just as a uh it's it's there's a huge influence and a huge power to it and politicians will will cling to it and use it to their advantage
1: now i, I want to... Th- 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 i'm angling for this too there is a I heard this because of Steve Bannon makes documentaries and they're horrible. They are (laughs) my skin crawls with some of the stuff. And guess who he has as one of his main people, main narrators in it. The guy that, uh, who's the main beard on duck dynasty? Uh, who is the guy? He was a football player.
0: I know who you're talking about.
1: Claims to be he claims to be such a Christian. Um. Oh, you talk about the guy, the the old man, the old no, not the not the tea drinking old man, the crazy guy, the funny one. Not Uncle Cy. Si. Not Uncle Cy. Si. No. no, this is like the dad, the patriarch of the the younger beers. I, I
4: hung out with at the uh, Eclipse recently, by the way. Wow! Did you? Yeah, me and Uncle You're telling me si. he's a
1: horrible American? No,
4: he was funny. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just an old ridiculous man.
1: Well, he has been in Steve <laughs> Bannon um, documentaries. You're about, I didn't know uh, Phil.
4: I think is his name.
1: Phil. I don't know. I don't care what their names are. Yeah, Phil. The, the father of the
4: family. Yeah. Yeah. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well,
1: yeah. Anyway, though, um, he uh, he's in this documentary and he claims that the um, that the Nazis they did all of this stuff because they were atheists. Which is absolutely not true, because on the Nazi motorcycle it said "God is with us." They were not atheists. Got mit uns. Got us. Got us mit uns. Got got mit uns. Yeah. Got but us mit. I knew I'd screw but it up.
0: But they
1: were I, okay. I would not typify.
0: the no, they Nazis certainly weren't like as uh, Christian.
1: That, but they still believed that they had a higher a purpose. Divine. Yeah. They had if, a divine right, but if, this if, it came if, from God to Jesus to if, Nazis.
0: If anything, they were like this revival. That's what they thought. That sounded really. They were this up. Revo- this really kind of uh messed up revival of Teutonic paganism. Which, by the way, I have a guest coming on, going to talk about some of this stuff
1: in a couple shows from now. But it, I mean, that's what added meaning to their cause was the fact that they were like, "Oh yeah, God is we are." you know, we were sent here by God to take over everything and, you know, right. supreme race and all that kind of...
0: Right, yeah, they they were... Def- I would say they were definitely not atheists. I would say... And if you look at Himmler... No, they're not. If you look at Himmler specifically, I mean, the, the, this, was, this was harking back to some old paganism, okay? Some really dark stuff, in my opinion. And it's all dark, man. <laughs> the, 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 uh, yeah, well... But yeah, the the whole Gott mit Un's thing, yeah, for sure. I mean,
1: and you can go on Google and look up the. It's an. It's actually older than World War II. It's, uh, I believe it's, uh, I believe the symbol is from, it's like ancient German. Well, they
4: they adopted or, a lot of this stuff. The swastika was an ancient pagan symbol for power. They adopted okay. that from something else. I mean, well, all the of SS
0: was, symbol was a rune. An ancient rune. Now, you guys, tell me, what
1: have was... You guys, have
4: you guys ever read any Kurt Vonnegut? Yes. You read Cat's Cradle?
1: No, I have not. Oh, my God. I've read his short stories, though. Cat's Cradle is one of the greatest
4: books ever that talks about this subject, about how the intertwining of religion and politics. Mm-hmm. It's this reporter who goes to this little island country, and he ends up being, like the like, the ruler or whatever. But there's, like, this whole... On this island, there's this ruling power of politicians who oppose this underground religious movement but the top politician and the top religious guy they're buddies and it's it's this like
1: jerry faldwell and ronald reagan
4: yeah they, they work hand in hand like the 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 religious leader gives hope to the people and the politician condemns them sort of like once a year he like you know kills somebody publicly or whatever but yes, that's about as deep as it goes but it's it's this this power play back and forth between the politicians and this religious faction on this little country and phenomenal the way he lays it out about how the intertwining of uh, religion and politics and it's applicable to history as far back as you can look.
1: Yeah. It's scary stuff. Yeah. Very bad.
4: Because people need that kind of hope. And then that kind of hope is a huge controlling factor.
1: Yes. Well, religion is like a cancer on a healthy society. It needs to be controlled. (laughs) Very controlled. But
0: well any- I I would say yes and no on that too. I think religion can be a beautiful thing.
4: It can be. It it gets it gets abused and used a lot. It does.
0: In and the in poli- the and political
4: realms. Yes, yeah. it
0: gets when it when it gets co-opted by the political realm, that's when you have problems. That's when you need to watch out. Well,
1: I'll say this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know that uh, terrorist attacks I don't care if they are on American soil or if it is you know any terrorist attack it doesn't matter people always say well not every Muslim is a terrorist not every Christian is a terrorist that's true however religion is always there It's always there. When we had the uh, the uh, the white supremacists in North Carolina not too long ago, which I can't even believe that we're Nazis in North Carolina, uh, for God's sake. We got that. Guess who was holding up the Bible? The Klan had the Bible up. Read this part. I mean, come on, this is it's ridiculous. It's a very, very it's it's not good. And it's in every terrorist attack. Every it, one of them.
4: It is. But they're all, if you look at the religions that any of them claim to be from, none of them, none of those religions would condone that activity. And as a whole, they don't. Mm. But it, it's, it does open those doors to that kind of activity.
0: You know, there was a time that religion was not a motivation for terrorism.
1: <laughs> this is true. Yes,
0: in many, in some ways, you could say. I mean, what about the Weathermen? The what? The Weathermen in the '60s. i really radical, left-wing, basically communist group that went around bombing places. Uh, the Bader Meinhof gang and. Uh, West Germany that was radical left wing atheist. Um, Were
1: they atheists though? Yeah.
0: Because if, yeah, I mean you know if you're if you're espousing communism in many ways, yeah, you you're probably an atheist. Okay. So it's it's not it's it's not just it's not just religion. There is a shift.
1: Somewhere I find that it's 80s, always there though. Because somewhere in the
0: eighties, there is a shift to a more religious bent to terrorism, and that's what we have now, but it hasn't always been that way. Mm. I, I, I know what you're saying. I think as people lose power, as they lose a sense of hope, they begin to... Religion becomes more and more important to them.
4: That's what that's where I was that's where I was coming from Yeah, it it seems to
1: give them a the it gives them the meaning to their whatever crazy. Religion provides
4: hope and then you get political people that grab that and take a group of say super oppressed people and they're like Well, you know, come follow us and whatever, we'll promise you whatever afterlife you want to hear. And all you got to do is go blow this shit up and kill a bunch of people. And then you have this right. cool eternal life that you could never possibly dream of anything better than. And right. it, it, it just
0: right well, and, and, and it, 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 it is feeds it off is, of people without hope. Right. And it is much more, I think, on the Muslim side because you do have – a considerable amount of people in those countries and in that part of the world that don't have hope and don't have power. I think don't have anything They're Right. Exactly.
1: Incredibly. I keep thinking about the Ruby Ridge and the Wacos and all of that stuff that happens more here and it's all religious groups. Well, I don't, no, if those well, are, let me just say I that also i are, am part buddhist and there's never <laughs> been a buddhist terrorism attack ever so uh
0: people in india might disagree with that comment but oh the the uh don't,
4: don't no do tell <laughs> yeah, keep going. well I,
0: I think there have been some some really extremist buddhist uh i think maybe in sri lanka I've would to look some of this up but I think there has been I think any I, find re- that hard any, to I think any religion is going to have its extremists and people that are willing it to is. do incredibly insane things. And my point and was any that, ideology and my point was as
1: well.
4: The core beliefs of that religion would not condone the activities of those groups. Well,
1: exactly. Well neither would neither would like straight from Jesus because re- Jesus really, whenever y- you get down to it, he says exactly the same thing that Buddha says. Yeah, there's no difference.
4: It's I'm just love, people. It's you know, just be nice.
1: Yes, and forgive and all of that yeah. stuff, which I do, and I don't skittles hate and anybody. Unicorns.
4: But um, yes, <laughs> there's the skittles and but, unicorns. <laughs> uh,
1: just like, well, I don't know that Hindu really, but uh, the um, when no, the you Hindu, take the you know
4: my favorite thing about the Hindu, what's that? Is that they don't believe in. Uh, pressing their religion on other people. They believe that neither other does religions. Buddhism.
1: Well. And neither does, uh, JC never said do that.
4: No, but but Hinduism says, well, we might be wrong and other people might be right. They like, like that's in their scripture. Well, but most, uh, most other religions have this like marketing kind of aspect to Or like, uh, we got to convince other people and spread the word.
1: Right right, for maybe but, the thuggy. See, I think that all of that <laughs> stuff stems off of, and I could be wrong. I'm just me- putting this out here. The, uh, I just recently read this thing. It was, um, well, it was a Buddhist text, but anyway, though, it was basically talking about the Old Testament and how it was poisoned by the man by man, and how, <laughs> you know, it was, it basically was, uh, it made God out to be sort of like a man having logic and eye for an eye and that kind of thing. Whereas, like, if you look at Buddhism and then just just what Jesus teaches. It is not like that at all. He's oh, sure. completely different. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that a lot of the Old Testament starts creeping into Well, Jesus, contaminating, if you will. Jesus even said,
4: like, I'm not even a Christian, but Jesus said, forget the old law, forget Moses. It was like he was talking about Moses' law. Yes. Forget the old law, I bring you a new law. And that is just.
1: Oh, he busted up a uh, hey, synagogue. Nice. He busted up a synagogue. And yeah. most of the time he fought religious leaders. He did. Yes. Skittles and unicorns, man. Man. It'll Jesus was kind of a badass. I'm not going to lie. Was, I'm not a Christian, but he was kind I of I cannot badass. stand when somebody Jesus says, really I'm a cool. Christian, and then you mention Buddhism to them, and they're like, well, I'm not into that freaky stuff. It's, <laughs> it's the same thing, you moron. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you
0: know, Buddha did have the middle path, which was kind of similar in many ways to what Jesus taught as well.
1: Oh, they're yeah. so <clears> similar. <laughs> but anyway. Um, uh, that is my just jihad. don't blow
4: up anybody because you don't agree with them that's, right exactly that's all they wanted well
1: that's I uh, <laughs> I am not I'm not conservative and I'm I'm not liberal I don't need a group to make a decision but anyway though um, <laughs> yeah, exactly idiots. good point so uh, I have problems with both of them the ones that I have the most problem with would be conservatives because everything they do is not right it doesn't work I mean, they sound like idiots online. It's just ridiculous.
4: I'm not, I'm not the CEO. <laughs> I, I'm not the CEO of a multi-billion-dollar corporation, so I can't really get. Oh, there's most that of their and the, the trickle-down shit. That's oh. never
1: worked. <laughs> Fountainhead. Uh, anyway, I've read. Oh. It, I've read Ayn Rand. You talk about oh, okay. Yeah,
0: don't get me started on that.
1: <laughs> anyway, a balance. There, there, Forgive there, your brother. There's
0: an interesting. There's an interesting thing about Ayn Rand is a lot of uh, a lot of conservative evangelical Christians have embraced a lot of her teachings. Uh-huh. And she was as atheist and as That's what I don't understand as, as anti religion me? as you could get. That's probably the only <clears> thing <throat> that she had in common with, See, with I, communism. I,
4: I, yeah. I like reading her because it's interesting if you understand where she came from how she swung to the complete opposite side of it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about the extent of it. Like mm-hmm. you know, she's she saw how how bad um communism could be and she wrote about the complete opposite cuz she she poured all of her eggs into capitalism.
1: But com- total capitalism doesn't work either. No, it
4: doesn't. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Like if if you read her with the understanding of where she came from, is it's interesting stuff.
1: I don't know. I right. d- I just really don't find anything that she says to be really <laughs> that helpful at all. It's uh, it, she's just another extremist. She's just on a different oh, side, yeah. Yeah, and it's, sure. it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just give me something that works.
4: Well, I don't think I don't think socialism without capitalism works. I don't think capitalism without socialism.
1: Works. No, you need a balance. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. being conservative you need already,
0: and you need unicorns. Chris Definitely.
1: Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock said, Skittles and motherfucking unicorns. If you are a. <laughs> now you got to bleep yourself.
4: I don't give a shit.
1: If, <laughs> wait, I got a point. Okay. Chris Rock, whom is a genius, he said, he's like, if you're a Republican, you're an idiot. If you're a liberal, you're an idiot. Because if you've made up your mind before you even hear what the guy has to say, that's fundamentally stupid. And he's right. Mm-hmm. So. I think we will leave it there. Okay. I think that's. Uh, In the words of Chris Rock. Th-
0: this, has been, this has been fun. I've, I've really enjoyed this. This has been much more. Of they're a, not
1: going to listen to this whole thing, dude. Yeah, not. <laughs> <They're> gonna, <laughs> this is, this is, this is much more. I started out with good. my very negative speech, and they're going to be like, nah, Yeah, yeah done. Once,
0: they, once they heard, I ain't listening to this boy talk about wrestling, Ball, he's my hero. <laughs> I ain't listening to this. Yes. Then I'm going to turn this off and send an email right now. And I forgive you. ConspireNormalGmail.com. <laughs>
4: To both of you that are still listening, though, thank you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, thank you for listening to. The, I guess this is the second edition of the Romper Room. I want to do more of this, guys. We need to do more of this.
1: I need some more of these Rocky Patel nineteen nineties. They're fantastic. Are it's delicious? <laughs> I, can I, I? I don't want this to sound uh, sexist at all. Okay, sure. but a scotch and a cigar. Can women enjoy this as much as us? Is it possible? I don't know. We um, need to find out because I feel like this is like I'm so in my element now. Like, <laughs> I, it's just like those two things are like ecstasy to me. And I, I just I wonder if women are just like, man, nah, it's stupid and it stinks. Most of the women I've known feel pretty much that way. <sighs> like, Alyssa won't come near me when I'm holding
4: a glass of scotch because she will smell.
1: My girlfriend just thinks it's ridiculous. She's yeah. just like, Man, oh yeah, I don't get it. Same,
4: <laughs> same. I, I, but I'm sure that I'm sure that they're out there. I don't know what drives us towards this.
1: I, I want to talk to these people. I really I think do. Some,
4: I think there's some instincts. There. We need to we need to broach this subject. Mm. <laughs> it,
1: it's not out of it's not out of trying to be mean or whatever. I'm like Jane Goodall. I just I want to <laughs> I want to know and I want to document it. <laughs> like this girl actually
0: loves perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
4: any female listeners out there that enjoy scotch and/or cigars, please
0: and listen. listen to this whole thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next, next time, guys, uh, we are going to have on Wren Collier. Back to the guest format. Uh, not that Jeff isn't a guest, but we—he's gonna—we're gonna talk to. He's of the Liminal Room uh, blog, and we're gonna talk to him about his forays into the occult, ooh, and some other. Aspects that he's interested in with the world of u- ufology, and ren's an interesting guy. I've gotten to speak with him on where did the road go, a couple of roundtables that we've done, and uh, about time we've had him on the show. So, and we're also going to have a uh, another guest in studio next time that is uh, going to be sharing some of his technology ah with us.
4: Good is so, it is it Electric Dendricks.
0: Yes,
4: <coughs> yes, those were terrifying. Yeah, the electric By nunchucks
0: the may make an appearance, you never know. Jeff, thank oh, wow. you for being here with us.
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs> really this is a blast.
0: Uh, Rob, tell everybody about our Patreon in case we... We probably lost all our Patreons, so we need to get some more.
4: Yeah, yeah, so, we haven't yeah, we plugged this in a minute, but uh, we've got our growing community on the Patreon website. It's patreon.com slash conspiranormal. Uh, there's... Quite a few of you guys and we love you so much and we post regular uh, about once a month bonus episodes and you know wallpapers and just just random stuff up there, different tiers of things and if you want to contribute to the show that's a great way to do it if you don't have money and you don't want to contribute that way, we understand you can always go to iTunes or Stitcher and just give us a five star review uh, any really great ones we'll read here on the air because we love you guys and we like feedback so
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys. And we will be back next time on Conspirator